Hi everyone and welcome to episode 60 of The Sweet Spot on a Farm. If this is your first episode and you have no idea what this podcast is about, it's all about health and food and it's my search for an answer to how can we achieve healthy body and mind with the resources that are available to us locally. And I'm looking at what we can do to improve our health and what and how we eat to support it. I talk to some interesting guests who can provide us with the tools we need to lead a healthy, happy lifestyle that is personal to each and every one of us. I talk to natural health and fitness professionals, organic farmers and food producers and therapists and simply anyone whose business and life mission it is to keep the rest of us healthy. We talk about their work, their passions and their lifestyles and I wonder what they like to eat and we share cooking tips and plant-based recipes that we can all easily make at home. And um, today's a little unusual for me because due to lockdown and also geographical inconvenience, uh, the podcast will be recorded on Zoom. And um, this is my second episode done online and I'm really dreading it because if you remember the first time when we recorded Alopecia Angel episode with Johanna, um, we had some technical issues. So fingers crossed today will be glitch free and it'll go as smooth as possible. Um, I'll be talking to John Jozewski who was on the podcast before some three years ago. And I'm really looking forward to catching up and talk about nutrition. And mainly I'm keen to see how John's been coping with this lockdown situation personally as well as professionally. Um, Because he's the head of the College of the Living Nutrition, I'm really looking forward to chatting to someone who's actually running a college. And perhaps he might have some tips for us all. So let's chat to John. Okay, we are recording. And if, if at any point you say pause the recording, I can press the pause button. So. Oh, you're okay. You don't have to pause anything. Um. So how have you been? How are you? Because you haven't been in Northern Ireland for the past, well, how many years? I haven't seen you since like maybe four I, I think it must be, what, two years ago, maybe three. It's probably three. Because unless you've been here since we recorded the podcast, then it would have been three years. No, that, was, that, was that three years ago? Yeah, it must have been three years ago, yeah. Wow, it's flown by. Um, may, may well be three years. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what happened was that I just got super busy which is good. And I ha- I run out of weekends. Whereas before I, I would always have weekends spare and I think, what can what, what can I do that's super interesting? And all, coming to Ireland was always on my super interesting list. Uh, so I uh, always loved it. And as you know, you know, we had, we had some great times over there. I, I certainly did. So uh, but then it got super busy. I forgot um, like Susanna. <laughs> That might not be a bad thing. That might not be a bad thing, to be honest. Oh, you look great. Absolutely great. Yeah. yeah. Is that oh, no. Are we still in the same place as well then? Yes, 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 we are. We still we still live in where, where we lived uh, back then. We, we've desperately been trying to move away, but <laughs> this apartment has a magic hold on us. We can't get rid of it. That's, that's the truth of it. <laughs> we can't. That was the same place that I, where I did the recording then um uh, yes yes yeah we've been we, we've been trying to um sell um Steve's uh, this is Steve's place we've been trying to sell it and and move um 
we're looking for a house in Bangor uh, with a garden so we can grow our own food. Nice. Um, but obviously with the pandemic, the, the, the lockdown here, there and everywhere, it just kind of put an end to it. Um, although we did uh, have a buyer at one point, but it, it just obviously the whole pandemic, it's just um, put dents into everything and now nobody can go and view anything. So we can't show our place and we can't go view houses. Yeah. You can't view. So in this country, you can, you can, you can view all the way through the pandemic. Yeah. We, at the minute there is no viewings. So um, yeah, unless it's just us, <laughs> unless it's just, it's just our place. Maybe nobody just is interested. It is always possible. Do you know what? I think that one of the things that the pandemic has brought and hopefully we'll talk about, talk more about this but one of the things it's not a bad thing i think that people realize that living in a city is actually not that great yeah which is not great for us because we were trying to sell a city apartment <laughs> but yes. but i think people are realizing that having a little bit of land no matter how small it is having a bit of a backyard back garden having a house living a bit in the countryside close to the nature is really precious yeah absolutely yeah yeah, um, we, we, so... we moved out to um, the Peak District, which is really nice in Derbyshire. I don't know if you know Derbyshire, but it's beautiful. One one of the things that we have on our list is to properly travel around Scotland, Wales and England and look at all the beautiful nature that's there. And we, we say it every year. Oh, we'll go to Scotland or, or oh, we go to Wales or oh, we go to the Lake District. We never go. But I think I think... Once we buy a house, we won't really have the money to travel on exotic holidays. So I think we'll be trying to um, see a little bit more of the UK and Ireland. Um, I'm actually looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. But so you've been, you've been, you've you've been busy with college and with the moving. So so tell me about that. What kept you so busy over the past three years? Uh, basically, the. The focus of my attention has been the college. As you know, uh, we started the college probably 10 years ago now, uh, nine or 10 years ago. And it's steadily just sort of like crept inside. You know, it's, it's, it's getting slightly bigger. So we, we do the um, first year course, which is a self-contained course. At the end of it, you get a diploma and you can get insured to practice as a nutrition therapist. Uh, because it's it's written in a way that we 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 enable people to get up and running very quickly. The second year is like is the advanced course, and that is more advanced protocols that you wouldn't do in the first year. You just don't have time to do everything. And we we do get a lot of people continuing from the first year to the second year. And then we've got the master practitioner program, which is where once you've done the first two years, you can join that. And they're all busy, you know, they're all pretty busy, these um, these courses. Have you seen uh, more more of an influx of students over the past or since the pandemic started? Um, we've had, there are two types, the two reactions we've had. Some people have called and said, well, I was going to do your course, but I've lost my job or I've been furloughed. I feel unsure about it. Uh, for whatever reason and so I might delay it until next year so we've got those people and then we've got the other people that say oh I'm, I'm, I've been furloughed uh, I want to I might as well do something useful with all this time so I'm going to do your course 
So it it hasn't made any difference to the to the intake. So it kind of evened itself out. It's just steady, and um, the pandemic, it's like like no no difference whatsoever to the previous year. I was um I was actually wondering whether because of all this, whether people would maybe more interested in um, in nutrition and um, you know more of a self care and taking their health into their hands as much as they can because I certainly have seen it around me people are suddenly interested in you know fitness and eating better and what can they do to improve their um their immunity and and their their overall health and how they can sleep better and how they can spend more time outside and you know, um, I've seen a lot of that and you see people outdoors. I mean, whenever I go out for a walk or if we go for a hike, there's suddenly so many people hiking, jogging, running, cycling. Yeah, um, certainly in the Peak District, uh, we, 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 we do see a lot of people out walking, which is which is always nice. It's This is this is probably you know, some of the best walking country in, in in England and it's just spectacular so and there are always plenty of people out perhaps not as much as pre pandemic because you're not supposed to be out so there is it's just the local people are, are out which is fantastic but on, on your point about are people interested in nutrition I, I had the uh, unfortunate experience of my daughter get, getting covid uh, well, all the classic symptoms of what the, what 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 is called COVID, and she became really ill. So she's never really been ill, and she she got to a point with this COVID infection where she she was struggling to breathe. Uh, so that was back oh, wow. in March. I'm really sorry about that. So it what you know she she called me and said I think I've caught this disease. Um, that everybody, she she's a nurse at um, in Edinburgh, the Royal Infirmary, and she uh, that's not where she got it she 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 was out uh and caught it when it first kind of the first wave when it came sweeping in uh and she was very ill and she went to see the uh doctor in the hospital where she works and he said well you you definitely got this covid thing uh you better go home and she said well what what else should i do and he said well well go home and if it gets really bad and you can't breathe and you, you're on you're on death's door, give us a call. And that was it. So she then went home, called me up and said, have you got any ideas, Dad, about, you know, what I can do? I said, yeah, yeah, I've been looking into it. So I sent her a few things that I thought were important, like bamboo extract is the number one remedy for it. it, it what it does, what it seems to do is supplant or remove the virus from all the critical areas like the, the throat, the lungs and, and all you know, the nose and the, the sinuses. It seems to dislodge it. Um, bamboo is literally just concentrated bamboo. That's all that's in the tablet. Uh, but it's high in silica and all these things. So you don't take it if you're well. You take it if you're unwell and you think you've got COVID uh, and then you just start popping these pills and uh, it seems to dislodge the uh, virus and it can't seem, it doesn't seem to be able to survive in that environment very well. So, you know, I got her on the bamboo. 
I sent her some tonic herbal oxygen tablets that um, that generate oxygen should she need that. But she never got as far as that. I mean, she was breathless, feeling very um, weak in bed for for a few days, and uh, so I sent her zinc. Uh, so zinc with a bit of copper from 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 our website plus. I sent her some Montmorency cherries, which are full of melatonin. So that melatonin drives, uh, helps sort out this virus. Uh, lots of vitamin C's. That's the food state stuff like uh, amla powder and, um, you know, a capsule with some amla powder in and something else. Uh, but, you know, high, uh, good quality food state vitamin C supplement. And that, that seemed to do the trick. So she, she did bounce back. And um, uh, thankfully, she's got no long COVID symptoms or anything like that. And but what that demonstrated to me is that the, there is a um, a gap where if if something comes up and the doctors don't really have a solution, which often is the case, we've always got something we can do. Always, isn't it? there's always something a nutritionist can do. So uh, there's a huge gap there that we fill. And I was very happy to do that. And I've done that for quite a few people that have turned up with classic COVID type symptoms. Our, our, I think our bodies are really the most efficient, smartest bio machines out there. And I think what we really need to do, I mean, to me, it seems like if we give the body the tools to kickstart it, to heal itself our bodies can fight like hell and but we need to i think we really need to know to give them the right tools to do that yeah there is a phenomenon with this pandemic where you you notice that the people that are dying i think it's 80 percent are men 20 percent are women so uh, i don't know if you know much about the immune system but the the, the a woman's immune system is well ramped up it's um, far, far superior, more powerful than a man's immune system in tackling things like COVID. So and that's reflected in the death rate because because so you're already geared up for an attack from from a virus. Uh, men less so. They're, they're less efficient at dealing with uh, onslaughts like that. Why is that? Is it just because Mother Nature <laughs> decided that it's it's much smarter to give us the better protection because we are the child bearers. You know, there's an element of evolution in this, but but there are other things like the if you have a look at the king of the gorillas, um, they've always got the worst infestation of worms and things like that, and that's because they've got the highest level of testosterone out of the troop. So they're they're the big macho um, gorillas that rule the roost, and they they typically suffer much more with infections like like with um, parasites, uh, because they they've got a lot more testosterone, and testosterone dampens down the immune system. And we've got a lot more testosterone than women, so that's you know, one of the strange things about uh, the immune system. It does it's dampened down by testosterone, so. 
I was going to say, does it have anything to do with hormones? <laughs> it's definitely got some things to do with hormones, but also I think there is an evolutionary aspect, the one that you just re referred to, which is you, 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 you've got to carry these babies. We, we, we can basically, you don't need that many men, you, you know, in, in the olden times, um, I know, I know we've changed the way things work at the moment. It's like one man, one woman, but you know, physically i think the the guy that um, fathered the most children had 600 or something like that he, you know he was, he was a busy guy wow yeah. uh, whereas a woman obviously can only have you know she's got childbearing like 30 years then she can only have 30 children really 30 at the most whereas you know you only need one man to keep the population going so we are disposable whereas women you know they they they're much more precious and uh, from that point of view um, they, from an evolutionary point of view, they, they've got they've got to look after themselves. So any any viral attack or any attack uh, needs to be dealt with. So, um, but but women have got the, the the cross that you have to bear is that you tread a very fine line. So you've got this well ramped up immune system that's going to fight COVID and everything else, but. You also live very close to the edge with regard to autoimmune diseases, of which there are a growing number. There are like a hundred of them, and uh, so uh, a lot of them people aren't aware of. So eczema could be classified as an autoimmune problem. Lung uh, lung problems is often autoimmune. Acne is autoimmune. Um, lupus and severe in, severe problems like. Crohn's disease, all the way through to multiple sclerosis, even Parkinson's, and now the claim, the thing that Alzheimer's is is probably an autoimmune disease as well, because uh, you know eighty percent of Alzheimer's cases are women. All of that links to the to the nervous system, though. Uh, well, yeah, but they 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 are they are all autoimmune diseases. They're all classified as autoimmune diseases. Hay fever is as well, and women get of, of all the people that get autoimmune disease 80 percent are women so you've got a ramped up immune system which can easily turn against you and it starts to attack its own cells as well as well as uh, the the cells of the virus well you know anything that shouldn't be there so that's the downside for women ah oh, well we can't have everything can we <laughs> At least we can handle the autoimmune diseases quite clearly. Can you imagine if Mother Nature graced the vast majority of men with autoimmune disease? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. But um, I must say that uh, the other thing that you might be aware of is that autoimmune diseases are on the increase. And so, and, and they don't, you don't get autoimmune diseases in Africa, for example. You, I mean, you do, but it's tiny. And anywhere where nature, where people live in nature and in tune with nature, they, you don't get autoimmune diseases. You get you get them in anywhere that's modernised and what we call acculturated, like the West and America and Australia and Canada and all these places. They get autoimmune diseases. So and and people like farmers don't. People like farmers are the longest lived people in the West. This is what I discovered actually during the first lockdown. Um, I was volunteering for a few months on um, on an organic um, startup farm, and I was I was there four days a week, um, 
at the first couple of weeks it was pretty much eight to ten sometimes 12 hours a day then it was more like eight hours a day but I spent there some 10 12 weeks um and I I never felt better I felt great and we to be fair we had an absolutely amazing summer here it was really for a few weeks it was really we had some rainy days as well but it was really for a few weeks it was really warm it was sunny uh, for most part it was really great and I never felt better I mean my digestion never never was better I was in a great mood I was constantly positive and happy and um, I just felt amazing and that was because I was spending so many hours a day outside all the time and I really the moment I went back to work I mean it was it was great to be back to work and I'm, I'm obviously happy that I have a job because so many people lost theirs but I really missed that I missed to be outside for so many hours a day and um, you mentioned eczema there and um for years I had on and off little eczema patches on my shins and um, it always appears when I go through periods when I don't spend as much time outdoors or when I don't go swimming um, I get, and I can I can see it on my mood that my mood um, is not that great and I'm kind of yeah. feel more on a tired side and as soon as I go back into the nature and make a point of going for a swim um, in the sea at least every other day within a week eczema's gone sure yeah yeah well, well yeah I mean the, the the common ailments like acne eczema these are all, all autoimmune related uh, colitis uh, irritable bowel, um, uh, Crohn's disease, they're all autoimmune diseases. And the concept, basically, they've risen in the West massively. Um, so each year, there are more and more people coming down proportionally with all these illnesses. And the um, in Africa, and part, other rural parts that are, that are native where, where things haven't changed that much. You don't get anything like that. And it's on the increase. And it's all to do with the way that we live. And uh, number one is that the, we overprescribe antibiotics. That's the first problem. And that wipes out the microbiome, as you know, uh, uh, so many on so many levels. It... Um, uh, the microbiome. One of the one of the functions of the microbiome is to generate T regulator cells. So that the, the T cells are a vicious part of the immune system that will attack your own colon and your own bowels, um, uh, given half a chance. And uh, if if the microbiome is dysregulated, if it's not working properly, it doesn't produce enough T regulator cells, which tell the tell the immune system calm down. You need to calm down, and if that's missing, you've got a massive issue. Um, and then it's, that that extends to the microbiome on the skin and every part of the body. So if you're not, if you're sitting in the office all day without a window open, that window, even a little bit of that window, is bringing in microbiome. Uh, if you're actually in the soil, you're living and breathing the, the microbiome, 
and you know if you've got a great diet with all the fermented foods or whatever your your um and you know some good probiotics and, and all that then then you're you're furnishing a, a defense system against autoimmune problems so by living out in nature you're just naturally living in the microbiome and feeding it so i can see that that would uh, definitely uh, be of great benefit to a lot of people especially women yeah i, I definitely i felt that for for all those weeks that i was literally playing in the dirt <laughs> coming home covered in a in compost and <laughs> soil and mud and um yeah i i totally felt that i and it's also very therapeutic as well i just felt that it really calms down your nervous system it just makes you happy um you're going to be grounded as well because you know, as soon as you touch the earth with bare skin then you get electrons flowing into your body from the earth you literally have electrons flowing in from the earth and they calm you down well whatever it it does it it, it works um and that's why kind of we're we're so keen on to um uh, moving somewhere where we can have at least a little bit of garden so so i can play in in the garden i sort of um i think for the first time last year um i um understood why my mom and my my, my grandfather as well they both loved gardening. They just loved playing in, in the garden. For them, it was really therapeutic. I mean, my grandfather found weeding. He loved weeding for whatever reason. I always hated that. It was the worst job you could give a child. I mean, I, whenever I was asked to help with weeding the garden, I, you know, I was cringing. I was like, no, I don't want to. And, uh, we we and didn't I, get bad press, but it is actually very therapeutic. You know, yeah, you're touching the soil. <laughs> it totally is. I, I I got it for the first time. I actually really understood why they both loved spending so much time in the garden doing such stupid thing like weeding because it really does make you happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, definitely. But you can't really go to a doctor and get prescription for two hours of weeding in the garden, you know? I mean, that's never going to happen. <laughs> no, it's not going to happen, yeah. And they, they unfortunately, uh, ill-equipped to deal with all these changes that are taking place. So, yeah, they're in charge of the funds. They're in charge. The doctor's in charge of the funds, in charge of the budget. And what have we got? An epidemic of, uh, apart from the pandemic, forget, you know, that's a separate thing, but we've got an epidemic of autoimmune diseases for women. And we've got an epidemic of cancer for men and women, but more so for men. So it's um, it's just one great big huge problem that the medics just haven't got any idea of how, how they've created co contributed to creating this mess that we're in. So that that's where that's where the nutrition comes in. You gotta stay positive. I think I I do believe that there's there's more openness now among doctors, and you, you can hear more and more doctors sort of looking into nutrition, and looking into all these other things, and realizing that popping pills is not the answer um, a lot of the time. And I was actually shocked. I think it was last year, or maybe even two years ago, when I I can't remember why why I went to. A GP I uh, I needed to go to a GP and one of the things that she advised was taking probiotics I literally I my jaw dropped to the floor because <laughs> I was like GPs 
telling me to take probiotics. It was just never heard of. And actually, um, earlier this year, no, actually towards the end of last year, I uh, sadly from 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 water, I I caught norovirus from from the first time I was I, I was swimming and it was after rain. The water wasn't that clean, and I'm quite sensitive to these things so most people wouldn't you know wouldn't get it but I normally when I get out of the water when I swim in the sea I would drink hot lemon and ginger or some sort of you know herbal to to kill whatever might be whatever I might have swallowed just in case but this particular time I didn't have hot lemon and ginger and I didn't take any um any any tincture or anything and I um uh, unfortunately, I apparently it was norovirus. Uh, my, my GP, they found no no salmonella, no no no, uh, no horrible bacteria in me. But uh, judging by the symptoms and uh, how long it lasted, they they said it was definitely norovirus. But one of the things, obviously, because of the pandemic, I couldn't go to the GP. I had to just drop off samples, and everything was done by phone. But one of the things I was told over the phone was, uh, make sure you take some probiotics. Oh, right. You know, and I I was, I mean, it made me really happy that GPs are now recommending that, which was which was amazing. Was, it, was, that, in, was that in Northern Ireland, the north of Ireland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing, yeah. I must yeah. say, I've never heard of any GP in England suggesting anything like it ever. <laughs> You know there there are I th- I think it's I think it's a I think it's a, you know it's it's getting out there and I, it, it might be slow process but I I honestly believe that we're getting there and I I also think that that people are more aware now of these things and they they take charge you know I mean there's there's definitely place for medication when you need it um but I do I do believe that uh, doctors are more aware and they're looking into if, if it's not a part of their curriculum i think people doctors and medical other medical professionals are looking to educate themselves on these things and um i think it's great but um i'm really sorry to hear about your daughter but i'm i'm, I'm really glad that she she managed to get out of it with your help obviously um it's um yeah it's 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 quite tough my dad actually now um as uh, he was let out of the hospital yesterday um he was he, he was there originally with his chronic lung condition and on that ward he brought covid with him home so he got covid yeah yeah he was on oxygen uh, with his with his lung condition for about 10 days in the hospital and they released him and brought him back the following day with covid <laughs> so he got home one afternoon and the following morning he how long ago was that that he had covid he's he's now home and he they said that uh, i think it's two weeks from the day he gets the first symptoms it's two weeks and then he needs to be three days clear of symptoms to consider it over so the two weeks will be on friday so it'll be Friday, Friday two weeks ago. Is he almost back to normal then? So yeah, well, he was really lucky considering that he has chronic lung condition. He didn't need ventilator. He didn't actually, he didn't, funny enough, he needed oxygen because of his lung condition. But after that, when he was back with COVID, he didn't even need oxygen. He's able to breathe okay. And... Um, 
he just had he said that he had such terrible headaches that he could barely walk um he just he it was absolutely horrendous he said that he lost his sense of taste and smell he's still recovering from that he can eat now i mean he didn't eat anything for a week and uh, he barely ate anything because he couldn't like there was no appetite how, how old is he huh let me do the maths here <laughs> Ooh, bloody hell he's 65 65 yeah 65 i think i think i got it right <laughs> But yeah, so he actually considering, I mean, you're hearing how often young people end up on ventilators, you considering his age and his, his condition. I mean, he he's a former cancer patient, he had prostate cancer, he's heart condition, you know, um, and obviously his lung condition. So I was actually saying to him to, this morning that he should congratulate himself that he got <laughs> got out of it quite lightly you know considering how many how many young people are actually out there um in need of ventilators and he's kind of so he should consider himself lucky but um but yeah he said that it's absolutely horrible when you can't taste or smell anything yeah no it's not it's not pleasant that's for sure a lot of a few people have met, lost their taste of sense and smell most of them i think have got it back which is good so yeah it's definitely not something i would want to catch but i have a bad feeling that there is no avoiding it <laughs> we'll see we'll see yeah yeah we'll see so um you've got, you had some good questions down here oh yeah well see actually one of the things let's talk about that because you you, you obviously you said you were really busy with college Let's talk about that because one of the things I um, have experienced as a part-time student is how this whole pandemic is impacting teachers and students and what I actually didn't realize is how much impact on students' mental health this can have because there are an awful lot of students who need the physical interaction, the, the classroom interaction. And uh, some classmates actually were saying, you know, that this whole online teaching is impacting them really badly because they find it more difficult to learn that way, to study that way, and they miss the group the study group you know when you meet up all in classroom and and kind of have a chat and it's almost like a ritual and um, for well we're part-time students we have two evenings a week and uh, for some of the students it is almost like a weekly ritual ritual you meet up with the classmates in the class you have a wee chat before and then you have the study group and then you go for a little cup of tea and it's it's uh, it's really nice for people to get out and now we're all stuck indoors um, just with your computer so obviously there's increased computer time increased screen time which is never great <laughs> for one's health and um, it's it might make studying but also teaching a little bit more difficult so how have you been finding it and how are your students finding it well we have always offered zoom as an option 
so people can choose whether they come in the classroom or whether they operate off Zoom. And so when when we, we we're always back in the classroom as soon as as soon as it's allowed. So we don't waste any time. If if the university we're, we we teach from the university in in uh, Regent's University London and Aston University Birmingham, they've been very good. As soon as they fight to try and reopen, and so most of the classes have actually been running fine because we have a big weekend. And as long as those big weekends we're allowed to uh, go into university, we, we always go in, but we give the students a choice. You can either come in or you can do Zoom. Now, obviously, in January uh, and um, the beginning of February, we weren't allowed back into the university. So it was all Zoom. We... we um, we, we counteract that by having kind of more intense one-to-ones on the phone, checking that everybody's okay, making sure that we've got the WhatsApp group so people are chit-chatting away on that. Uh, we do supervision sessions, so we, we check in with people and say, look, you know, have you got any issues, any challenges, anything like that? And they always like that one-to-one -one contact, even if it's on the phone. And then the majority of people, although, you know, it's not everybody, uh, when given a choice, have chosen to come in. But quite a significant number, like a third, have said, no, no, I'm, I'm quite happy with Zoom. I like, enjoy it. I don't, I don't need to commute. I don't need to um, uh, worry about going on public transport. I don't need to, you know, it's more time in my day if I can just log on at 10 o'clock. We don't, we don't have early starts. We start at 10 and finish at 5. We have regular breaks, rigid, like lots of breaks so people can go go for a walk, have, have, a, have time out and all the rest of it. Uh, but also, I think um, the, the teaching, the, the subject has to be quite engaging. So, you know, they're, they're, um, thankfully, uh, you know, we, we almost get 100% turnout, for even if it's on Zoom or if it's in the classroom. We do get a very, very good turnout. Uh, we get very few people that can't make it. And if, if they do, they, they, it's because of the get, you know, there's a wedding to go to or something major. So it's, it's really been fantastic. The, the spirit amongst the group has been kind of non-judgmental about the college saying, well, it's not your fault, is it? <laughs> You, you, you know, you didn't create this pandemic. You didn't force us into lockdown. So we're with you on this. And um, any money that we save as well from from like the room hire side of it, you know, we pass on to the students. We just say, uh, here's a voucher, you know, or, um, you know, here's a refund. So they get the course a bit cheaper because we don't have to pay for expensive room hires and things like that, uh, and hotels and all the all the expenses of running a running the show um, uh, at a university. So they get the course a bit cheaper. So overall, I, I think we've had great cooperation. People haven't suffered too much. We've upped the kind of one to ones that we have with people. Make sure they're they're happy and. Um, any any issues that they might have, uh, we, we kind of sit down with them and say, look, tell us what, what the problem is and we'll work with you on this. And so it hasn't been a major issue. It's, it's not great being in lockdown, but it hasn't been a major issue for the college. So, yeah. Um, and and I think uh, 
even on Zoom, they appreciate what you were talking about, which is just all of us get, getting together. And in the breaks, I can hear them chatting and, and saying, I'll give you a call on the phone to their private chats. And so they're still interacting. But the beauty of it was at the beginning of the course, we all met. So it was uh, it wasn't that we've never met before. Right at the very beginning of the course, we, we all met because it wasn't quite in lockdown and and the you know that way you kind of knew who you who you were talking to and and we, we encourage people to make um make friends on on the course and I, I think a lot of the people well they, they do become lifelong friends um once they meet on the course something like this that binds people together so overall it hasn't affected us massively it's not ideal uh from a nutrition perspective, the other thing is that we're we're promoting the idea of you can run your business from anywhere. So mm. people need to get used to the idea of um, you know because I I'm I've become a nomad really I I spend time in London I spend time in Birmingham I spend time in the Peak District and I spend time in Somerset so I'm I'm always on the go, always in a different place. And I can only do that because I, you know, have created a business where just about every client I see now is on Zoom. And part of the course is that we, we, we create it so that you can operate. You could be on a beach in Barbados every day uh, and just go into your hut to see a client. Um, so it's... It's, you know, as long as you've got an internet connection, you've got a business that you can run. And if you were to run a business, say, from, uh, you know, your, your main clientele are from England or, or the UK, then we've created it so that you can have your practitioner accounts with various companies who will drop ship everything that you want for your clients. So you don't have to have a stock room. You don't have to be in the country. You don't have to post anything. It's all automated for you. Um, we, we just show people how to automate the whole process so they get excellent service for their clients and they can be anywhere in the world. And I know it's, 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 um, uh, yeah, it's how, how I run, how it's how I operate. I don't operate from one, one base anymore. It's fantastic. You know, we, you can move around, you can operate from anywhere. I had a, I had a, a lady call me, Yesterday, she said, I'm very keen on this course, John. Uh, she came from, where was it, um, Italy years and years ago, settled in London. Uh, so she was doing body work like chiropractor, um, body type body work. And she said that it ties her down. She's a, she, she, by nature, wants to be in different places. So she said, the, the biggest question for me, John, is can I run my business from Sweden? Or Finland, and I said, of course you can, absolutely, yeah. Um, you can join the Federation of Nutrition Therapy Practitioners. They've got a base in in all these different countries. They've got acknowledgement. Uh, you do our course that gets you into the FNTP, this federation. Um, so uh, you 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 should you will not have a problem operating from anywhere you want and a friend of mine said oh that that sounds good john you know this this whole idea of uh, sweden I, he was telling me that that you could buy a massive farm with a lovely farmhouse in sweden for something like seventy thousand pounds <laughs> you know 
like amazing and and uh, count me in he was showing me photos of these like almost like mansions in the country with a massive three acres or five acres you know saying that's that's only going to cost me seventy thousand pounds for that oh man if i could get away buying a, a nice country house with with fields in the middle of nowhere even here in ireland i would totally do it because obviously the further away you are from a city the cheaper the properties and the cheaper the land is but unfortunately i can't get it past steven <laughs> apparently that's for that's for when we are old and retired and i i keep reminding him that um under this government and the way the world's going, we're never going to retire. We're going to go from work straight into the coffin. But he doesn't believe me. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of, but I'm still, I'm still, you know, hope, my hope is uh, still there. I'm, I'm hoping one day, one day, it might not be now, it might be 20 years later. <laughs> but I'm hoping that it will happen eventually. But unfortunately, he's hoping that he'll go back to the office, if not this year, then next year. And so he wants to be within a reasonable commute distance, which I totally understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm totally with your friend on that one. God, I would love to sweden or anywhere else just get me into the countryside <laughs> yeah yeah so so in essence there's been a lot of positives really i mean i i've had a mixture of people i think women have suffered worse with the pandemic because they they have to look after children they've been at home and uh, so in terms of job losses it's women that have had the worst deal mothers and uh, single parents especially uh, obviously the hospitality industries and um uh, entertainment industries have suffered massively, uh, but but the dip was something like nine point five percent in the first wave, uh, and then it bounced back. It was it was getting back very quickly. This dip is a lot less. It's four point five percent, and uh, so people are kind of getting counteracting it and getting used to it. Like I went to my local computer shop, thinking they were supposed to be closed, and they were in the first lockdown. But this time I say, oh no, just give us a ring and we'll meet you at the door, John, with whatever you need. I was like, oh okay. Okay. and a lot of people are doing things like that so um it it's it's um uh you know it's bad for some people but there's a lot of good came out of it as well uh, i'm not i'm not too upset about the fact that uh, you know global warming has um, got a, <laughs> got a reprieve at the moment with um with people not traveling and not burning fossil fuels so much uh just temporarily but um yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm, you know, a lot of people said I feel more relaxed uh, because, I, I, you know, I'm on furlough or I'm, I'm on this, that or the other. Um, and you get a mixture of people that are desperate and really upset and, you know, even to the point of suicide. But other people are actually quite enjoying it and taking this time to, like you say, go out for walks and uh, chill out and uh, reflect and study and do other things that they wouldn't have been doing if it wasn't for this pandemic. Uh, so, yeah, there's good and bad, good and bad. I have to say that I am definitely one of those students you described who who, who love uh, the online study because exactly like you mentioned, no travel. I love that because when I have to go to college, we live in Belfast and I have to travel to Bangor and it's 40 minutes each way, you know, it's saving me nearly an hour and a half twice a week. Um, 
you know that's a lot of fuel uh, uh, but a lot of time as well I can use that hour and a half to go for a longer walk or to spend more time training or to go for a swim or you know cook some nice meal or actually study you know use that extra time to study extra get my assignments done or study for exams and um it's I definitely love that but I totally understand uh, the other side of it that some students really really miss the 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 physical presence in the classroom and and they don't they really want to get out of the house I mean don't get me wrong where the the college specializes in weird and wonderful foods that people need to try so we're we're very much um committed to serving people in the classroom and saying try this try that there's a constant stream of samples going out all the time we're making smoothies we make people bring things in to share um so we're always trying different nutrition um new, different nutrition kind of avenues if you like and um some of the tonic herbs but they would never experience it because they're expensive and I'll bring them in and make them something special every every time we meet so all of that they miss for sure and i miss it as well uh, because it is nutrition and it is uh, whenever i watch a cookery well i've stopped watching cookery programs because it's if they do a mouth-watering dish i want to try it i don't i don't want to just watch it on television <laughs> it's like please I, i need to try this it looks so awesome um so do you know i stopped watching cookery shows for a very different reason because every time they fry the hell out of vegetables i'm just pu- pulling my hair out <laughs> It's just like, you know, oh my god, you can't you can't be serious making food this way. It's just I'm pretty sure it tastes awesome, but holy crap, it has zero nutritional value what you're serving right there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always overly I'm I'm terrible. I have to stop watching things that way. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. But yeah, I know I can't because I always find myself shouting at the TV. Don't fry that. Oh my god, why do you have to use this oil? Can't you use the other oil? Or yeah, no, I can't I can't do that. <laughs> how how is your health then at the moment? Well, apart from my eczema that I'm suffering with right now because I I haven't been swimming as regularly over the past few weeks as I would like to. I need to actually get back into water tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow. I'm determined. I'm going tomorrow morning. Um yeah apart from that I mean it's been great I mean I've um I know that after your mother died you went downhill a little bit didn't you Yeah it was really bad for about a year like the first six months were really bad cuz I suffered really bad with IBS after my mum passed away it was I was I had a good 2 3 months where I lost I lost about three or four kilos but if i lose three kilos it's like somebody else losing 10 you know i'm, I'm you can really cuz i'm petite you can really tell i mean i had I, my ribs were poking out so you could see my ribs through my t-shirt and and my my size 8 jeans were suddenly too big for me and it was awful but i knew exactly what i needed to do i i bounced back in in a couple of months and i put my weight back on and then we um a year later we we were hiking in morocco and um it was great i just tried to spend a lot more time in nature and um i went back doing yoga and meditation every morning and the podcast actually really helped me i'm i'm kind of um recently i've been thinking about that whether i didn't i well i started doing the podcast 
to educate myself and then you know just putting it out there so other people can maybe learn a few bits and pieces that might come handy but I'm starting to think that maybe it was a therapy for me as well at the same time that I'm uh, I just needed to come out of my shell and, and and talk to other people and have these kind of chats and interactions often with people I never met before and it's kind of really helping me um deal with different things but it's always a really nice time having a chat from which I can learn something and then pass it on to others but yeah no I've I've been really great I've been uh, I've been making a lot of progress with my cooking as well I've um, I have to confess I started baking quite a lot um, I still eat a lot of raw foods obviously that's that's just something that is there to stay but um, I've been baking quite a lot and uh, I've been trying to um, recently um, I've um, been trying to recreate some of the sort of dishes from my childhood including baked goods that were a big part of my childhood but in a healthy way so um, this past Christmas I started with uh, one type of Christmas cookies that my granny um, used to make quite a lot and I I was so proud of myself because traditionally they're full of sugar and uh, there's egg in it and everything I was determined to make it work vegan gluten-free and sugar-free and I actually did manage to make it and it tasted like the real deal and it looked like the real deal I was so proud of myself I'm gonna make them every Christmas now um, and I served it. We went. We spent a couple of days at Christmas um, with um, Steve's family, and uh, they loved it. The kids didn't like it for some reason, but that all the grown-ups absolutely loved those cookies. So I'm just so proud of myself. I <laughs> to make something for my childhood that's actually healthy. Um, what What did you use instead of sugar then? Um, so I used traditionally you use powder sugar, but I used um, there's a local company. Um, they make stevia and they've started making powdered stevia which it's in a base of inulin from chicory oh nice yeah so it's inulin based stevia and and it has that texture and because it's slightly like chicory inulin is slightly sticky so it sticks nicely to the cookies as well you know you know, you know what Susanna? We, we're desperate for you to do a demo at the college because <laughs> they 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 loved your book absolutely loved it so thanks for that i can't thank you enough they thought it was wonderful and they're dying to meet you and get a couple of recipes that that sounds like a great recipe <laughs> it is actually it's it's perfect for christmas honestly i swear to god i was so proud of myself that it worked um because i wasn't uh, and it worked the first time i swear i i did a trial run at, at at home thinking um i have to finish it before i bring anything for christmas for the family and it worked the first time around i was so proud so are you are you are you available to do a demo then um we we could if you give me heads up we can work out some dates for sure um i work every other weekend so that's kind of you know <laughs> okay i'll send you some dates over uh, how, how, long, how long would you need how long would you need to do whatever you know it, it depends i mean for for these if i prep everything and they just god i don't know half an hour yeah half an hour would be perfect yeah 
Well, talking about food, actually, um, what um, what kind of food actually do you do you normally share? You said that you share a lot of food when when you're in the college. You talked about smoothies and stuff. So, what kind of food would the students bring, and what kind of food do you normally share around? Yeah, um, I mean the sort of thing that you just described. People bring do bring baked goods in, so they might bring in a buckwheat loaf. Um, that um, yeah, they're created with sourdough somehow, and and then we get a whole load of people that do the low sugar thing. Uh, but they, um, you know, we've got Stephen Jenny who did the course, and then they set up a vegan cafe in Essex, and they've got so many recipes that are all just using yakon and things like that um, for delicious desserts if you like so that we've got like the dessert crew and then we've got people that make beautiful salads with all sorts of interesting things and people just bring these things in to share uh, and for a lot of people they just want the basics so uh, we always lay out a nice breakfast we have um, organic grapefruit for breakfast uh, for anybody who wants a bit of fruit we'll have um, a bit of yogurt we'll have a whole range of different yeah, easy to easy to buy off the shelf. Uh, buckwheat flakes or spelt flakes or quinoa, like ready to go. Um, so that you can make your own breakfast cereal, all sugar free. Uh, and then we've got a range of milks. Uh, the most popular is probably hemp milk at the moment. So sugar free hemp milk. We can either make it fresh with hemp seeds or um, we just buy in the sojade hemp hemp milk and then they can splash that on. Um, then we do like supplements. So for example, we buy a lot of the body ecology on our website, we've got a lot of the body ecology products. So uh, you know, you, you, I, might, I might come in the morning and think I'm starving. I need, uh, I'll have a bit of grapefruit and then I'll, I'll, I'll get some buckwheat flakes, which are delicious. The big Oz ones, sugar free, are really nice. Um, <clears throat> or some spelt flakes from Rude Health. Or the uh, quinoa pops, they're, they're nice. But I'll put something in a bowl and then throw in some Vitality Super Green. So you get the, the very alkalizing, but they've also got lovely enzymes in and all the rest of it. Um, and then. Uh, put in uh, just put a little bit of yakon on if it needs it, but it shouldn't. It might. It doesn't need it very often because that those Vitality Supergreens have got her own mixture of extremely low glycemic sweetener, and uh, then pour some hemp milk on. It's instant breakfast. That's delicious. Absolutely awesome. Uh, and then always put the things like maca on top. So uh, stir in a bit of maca. And we've got a wide range of macas. I don't know if you're a maca connoisseur, but uh, the normal maca is a little bit harsh taste-wise for some people. They can be bitter. Bitter, yeah. So we switch to some people would say, look, try the red maca because it's mild tasting. So they would have the, the red maca. And with, with maca, to make a therapeutic intervention, you need at least like two heat tablespoons to make a difference to, you, to your uh, wonderful hormone levels. So we would then suggest something like maca 4X, which is concentrated maca. And that, you just need two teaspoons. It's got the same power potential as, as uh, two tablespoons of the red maca or the normal maca. Then we bring in like black maca, which has got a slightly different taste. So we've got, we've got this whole thing going on where we're trying all different things. And then during the day, we'll be giving out ginseng tea, but this won't be ordinary ginseng. It'll be ginseng mixed with Romania. The ginseng will be, we'll make sure it's been growing for at least six years, which makes it, in, makes it into um, 
uh, an energizer rather than a stimulant and things like that. So people are trying all that. And then we've got weird and wonderful things. So if we do a lecture on, say, brain health and oxytocin and we start men mentioning serotonin, we'll do a smoothie that's a serotonin booster. Uh, the best of which would be, if we can get hold of it, some nice, um, uh, what's that fruit called? The one that's jam-packed full of tryptophan to make serotonin for, for brain health and for relaxation and make people feel good and not overwhelmed with life is the serotonin booster. You need tryptophan. So any food with tryptophan in is um, is, a, is a great uh, great way to make a smoothie but you have to make it without the protein otherwise it doesn't get through the blood brain barrier the, the the protein blocks it so we we explain to people how to get them feeling happy in the morning by get, having a serotonin boost smoothie so you might have a banana with some a little bit of um, hemp milk uh, mixed up and um, something like um, uh, uh, well, we, you can actually just break open a capsule of tryptophan or what we've got on our website, which is serotonin boost, which has got a few tonic herbs and tryptophan. So uh, the tryptophan then gets converted into serotonin in the brain. As long as you've got a pretty healthy diet, and you've got all the, the um, lovely vitamins and minerals that are required, like the zinc and the magnesium and the vitamin C that, that are co um, cofactors in, in producing serotonin so you know if, if you can time everything right you can get your your brain health in excellent shape so you have a serotonin smoothie in the morning without the any protein uh, and then you can have something to do with protein later on uh, there's, there's loads of new things come out as well so everybody was banging on about collagen um, but it's not vegan so I um, I, I realized that I think it was only about a year ago or less than that, that Sun Warrior brought out their collagen powder, which is not collagen. It's a vegan collagen powder and it tastes ri ridiculously awesome. And it's, it's so low glycemic uh, and it's good for the skin and all the things that are collagen. So um, we'll just give them a shot of that. They, they love it. You know, it's instant just add a bit of water to this powder and drink it and it just tastes delicious it tastes awesome talking about that actually you just reminded me um and just for our listeners neither john nor i are paid by these brands that we are mentioning is just something we use in our daily lives we're not advertising anything we're not paid by these companies but sun warrior um have brought out recently a mocha protein blend Oh my God, you have to try it, John. I am hooked on it. It is so tasty. It is so tasty. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. They're great. I love that company. I do, yeah. Um, I, I do have a subscription with a different company now that's uh, makes vegan protein and I get it every four weeks right to my door and they're very good quality, um, superbly clean. Uh, but I've recently tried this this mocha thing and oh my god, I need it again. I was talking about it this morning. I need to buy it. It is so nice. It's great for baking actually protein cakes or put into raw uh, protein treats, um, like raw protein bars and parables. But it's just great just to scoop out, mix with oat milk or hemp milk or something and just blend it. And oh my god, it's so nice. But yeah... <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, talking about nutrition, actually, have you have you have you noticed or have you 
when you talk um, with your students, um, ha have you noticed difference in if you have days when you maybe don't eat as clean as you normally do? And then when you go back to your clean eating, because I personally notice how I feel in my mind. Um, if I and I don't know whether it's a, just psychosomatic or whether it's actually really physically impacting me whenever I eat something that I normally don't if I have like dirty food or something fried which I normally I don't eat fried food and I know that doesn't make me feel good but if I eat maybe too many carbs um, um, and I don't work out so I can't really burn them properly and then I feel absolutely awful but I feel I mean really bad and um, like psychologically as well do you feel that too uh absolutely yeah if um if i fall off the wagon um yeah because say i you know i've got a heavy schedule and i'm driving somewhere and i'm starving and i might eat something less than optimum then i will feel it and that's part of the package really that's that that to me demonstrates how how what a superb diet i have got and that um you know this food is actually, I know it's bad. And then it, I feel all the symptoms from that. Uh, but the good news is we've also got a few tips and tricks. So if I eat something that I think is not that, you know, I'm not going to be able to digest it in a hurry. And it's a bit of a, an acidic bomb, you know, that shouldn't be there. I, I will literally take something like a bunch of enzymes to dissolve it all and get rid of it. So there are tips and tricks. Uh, if I eat something like gluten, something with gluten in, uh, I, I always take a capsule of N-acetyl, um, uh, uh, N, I'll let you know what it is, but, um, in fact, I've got some here, let me just find it, um, so, uh, uh, oh yeah, N-acetyl glucosamine, so what that, if you take that soon enough, the, the lectins in the gluten, which attack joints, before they can get to the joint, that mops it all up. So all the way through the course, we say, okay, you're going to cheat. You're going to, you're going to fall off the wagon. You're going to find yourself in a tricky situation where you're not, you haven't got the optimum diet. Um, and um, this is uh, one, one of the many tricks that we teach people of how to you know, get around the problem. Uh, but there are trigger points. So for example, when serotonin drops, that could be ovulation or it could be the day before your period, your mood could change. You could get angry easily and be um, less than an optimum person to be around. Oh, yeah, you don't have to tell me that. <laughs> but I, it usually calms down when I eat, and I eat a lot. I mean, the day before my period, you probably know from your wife and probably from your daughter, the day before my period, oh, my God, I could eat the entire fridge. There is no stopping yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's also the time that, you know, things change. The, 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 the neural chemistry changes, the hormones change and people do get desperate at that point and they can eat more and they will eat things that they wouldn't normally eat. So there, there are critical periods when, when you do that. And, but we, we teach people how to try and avoid that, you know, take, take some serotonin boost the day before the period and it works wonders. It's kind of like, puts the cravings on hold and 
uh, so all the way through, we think, no, there's a, there's a solution to the problem. There's always a solution to the problem. Um, and uh, people can preempt that and just feel wonderful. So, but we, 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 on, on the, with regard to the course, we, 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 it's not just nutrition. It is lifestyle. It is exercise. Uh, we talk a lot about the rebounder, um, but exercise in general, and um, we, you know, we, we've got a whole, whole, yeah, we talked about EMFs, we talk about uh, how to get good sleep, uh, why it's important to have a bit of fresh air uh, in the room, why it's important to have exactly the right temperature, because um, your body cools and you don't want to get too hot, but you don't want to get too cold, you need to get it just right for you, so you have multi-layers instead of like just one duvet for both of you, because you've got completely different bodies and requirements. Oh, yeah. That's something I would need some tips on because since I've been practicing the Wim Hof method for the past nearly three years, I like cold. Steven, he's obsessed with constantly turning the heat on. So in winter we fight. I keep turning it off. He keeps turning it on. <laughs> I keep opening the window. He keeps closing the window. <laughs> it's an absolute nightmare. I mean, I sleep better with the window open, so it I need the cool air and fresh air. Um, and then Steve complains in the morning, then he's got a headache. So he would close the window, and then I can't sleep because I'm roasting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a whole host of subjects, like we mentioned earthing earlier. So anything to do with health. So uh, the other thing is we, we specialize in dentistry as well. So um, we, um, it's one of my passions, dentistry, make, making sure that we get that right. But we've also got a really good team of, that we, we know a good team of uh, excellent holistic dentists. And we have one of them, uh, Dr. Zach, he teaches on the course. So, you know, we've got um, people that specialize in different areas teaching on the course. He, he's one of our you know, holistic dentistry teachers and if you can get the dentistry right you're definitely on a winner you know avoiding things like root canals um, avoiding having metal fillings uh, braces that are made of metal all of these things cause massive issues with people and that's um, amazing actually that you teach that on the course that's i actually have to this is worth mentioning um I can't remember how many years ago, it must have been about five or six years ago, um, I asked you advice on, because uh, I had to have a root canal on, on my, it was a tooth that was the first ever tooth that I had a filling in when I was very young. I, I had a really bad diet and didn't want to brush my teeth when I was a child. Um, that filling was there since I was about seven. And... Uh, Eventually, as it got refilled and refilled and the hole got bigger and bigger, eventually the tooth just got uh, so bad, it got infected and finally it actually had to come out completely. Like obviously, after the root canal, it just died. Um, so it, it was more filling than a tooth at that point anyway, so it had to come out. And I remember um, asking you and um, another local herbalist for advice on what to do because... Obviously, uh, the dentists were, were pushing me to have um, a fake tooth in uh, with a titanium root or screw, whatever they, they call it. I, I'm not that uh, knowledgeable about dentistry. And uh, I really didn't like that idea. And I remember you 
asking me not to do that and just leave it as it is, just get the tooth out. I did that and thankfully I did that. And you know what? I had two different dentists telling me that if I leave the gap in there, the two adjoining teeth would cave in and I would have a lot of dental problems. And I remember you telling me, no, with good diet and good nourishment, you won't have these issues. It's what, five, six years later, no teeth are caving in and my dentist is puzzled. Like they don't, they, they don't understand it. And I remember actually, and that was also a years ago, um, many, many years ago when um, a, a dentist tried to, it was a nude, I switched dentists and they do, do sort of induction and asking me what toothpaste I use and how I take care of my teeth. And, um, and uh, they were telling me, you know, about fluoride toothpaste that this and that, and uh, they were really impressed with my teeth. And then before I left, I, I said to the dentist, you know, I haven't used fluoride toothpaste since I was about 15. <laughs> and they, they couldn't, they, they were just looking at me like, what? Like I just arrived from Mars somewhere um, that you can actually have good teeth without fluoride toothpaste. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, um, thank you for, for that advice because uh, I'm glad I took it. I mean, not only I didn't have two spare ground for a fake tooth, but I just didn't like the idea anybody drilling and putting screw in my in my gums. And, uh, yeah, and, and if you've got a good diet, things don't cave in, which is what you said. I, I agree with, you know, that's exactly what happens. And um, But if, if anybody out there does think, oh, I need a, a tooth, um, you know, I'm going to miss it then what you can do is uh, put a bone graft in when you have the tooth pulled, which is quite a simple thing that you can do uh, to, to keep so it doesn't shrink too much. <clears throat> and then at some point later, you can have, you could have uh, an implant put in, but it can be totally 100% ceramic, <clears throat> which is much better than the titanium. So, that, you know, people are desperate um, and you know it's near the front so you can see it then you might think about something like that but there are lots of holistic healthy alternatives now that you can do uh, i had a guy who for 20 years had eczema and we worked out that actually what the problem was that uh, it was a front tooth not not the front tooth but one on the side uh, that had a root canal ever since then he had eczema uh, for 20 years and then uh, eventually he decided to take it out but he he it was at the front so he just had a tooth put in that glued next to the two teeth either side so it looked perfect felt and he said it felt great and uh, you know to this day he said that all his all his eczema's gone and he's got a really nice tooth so things can be done people Susanna I've, I've got to shoot off now because I've got to go somewhere about half eight and it's nearly half eight. oh wow sorry about that I didn't I didn't realize you were um you had other engagements well um it's been great chatting to you again um and I I didn't even get to uh, get to um ask you about your uh, any any new food discoveries and stuff but you sent me a really good recipe for watercress soup so I will share that with our listeners because it sounds absolutely amazing I'm going to make it tomorrow. If I, I couldn't get organic watercress today, but I'm going to try again tomorrow. And, and I'm really looking forward, trying, forward to trying it because it's a really, a, 
it's really great weather outside for soups. Um, oh, it's a delicious green soup that is very alkalizing, very creamy as well with the sweet potato. So yeah, I, I've I've noticed that the sweet potato isn't in the original recipe; just sneaked it in. I like that. <laughs> oh, what in Raymond Blanc's recipe? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't put sweet potato in. That's that's your invention. I must have switched it at some point then. That's, yeah. that's your invention, but I like that very much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, and it, and with the course, the, the next course is starting in Birmingham or on Zoom. It starts in on 20th of March. So if anybody wants to do nutrition for, for a career um, or just for themselves, then it starts on the 20th of March and you graduate in November. Oh, great. When can they, how can uh, people find out more about your course, course and subscribe and uh, to your newsletter or uh, sign up? Yeah, yeah. We've got a newsletter. We, we, we put something out every month. And if they want to sign up, it's www.college-living-nutrition.co.uk. So uh, college-living-nutrition.co.uk. All the information's on there. And um, people can, um, yeah, enroll on the course uh, starting March. And, uh, yeah, we, we have, have people f from far afield. Um, uh, we had a guy from uh, Guernsey, Jersey, around there uh, that commuted. We've had people from North Scotland uh, doing it. We've had people, from, we've got somebody from America doing it. Um, she's not commuting, obviously, but she's happy to do it all on Zoom. So people in Ireland, for example, could easily come over to fly over from uh, Belfast to Birmingham Airport. And it's just uh, a 10 minute ride to the university from there. So they could easily get over after the pandemic, that is. But in the meantime, they could do it on Zoom. So um, seven weekends is how the course is structured with some evening classes in between. So it's it's not too time consuming. Um, so yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, and it's not exp it's not one of these expensive courses that cost three five thousand or something. Uh, the fees are one thousand eight hundred and twenty five pounds for the for the whole course, and you become a qualified nutritionist at the end of it. So it's it's a bargain price, really. That's great, and um, I actually that's one of the things I wanted to address that you mentioned that because of the pandemic and that the college is saving on 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 the rental and that you're passing it on to students this is amazing to hear because i know that there is a massive uproar amongst university students that their fees weren't reduced and yet obviously they're not using facilities a lot of them can't access libraries because they're in you know locked in wherever they live they have or they have to self-isolate and and yet they're paying the same fees which i think it's outrageous because university is an expensive thing um so to, to to hear you say that you guys are passing the savings on to your students, it's just amazing. And, and, and thank you for doing that. I'm sure the students are appreciative of that. Yeah, well, you know, it's um, it, it's, it's good for them. It's good for us because they'll, they'll, they'll welcome it and be happy. And uh, generally, we've got a very happy group. So um, we, 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 we like to take total care of them. And it all... Those fees also include supervision. So if you do a, do a case, then uh, you run it by me or one of the supervisors, and we just check that you're on the right track. So you, you your clinical experience is, is uh, accelerated because we encourage people to find clients and practice, but run it by us. So, you know, it's all included. There's no hidden costs. It's, um, 
good value. Well, great. Well, well, thank you very much. I hope that people will check it out, and perhaps you'll get uh, you'll get some people interested in your course. And um, um, obviously, we'd love to see you in Ireland at some point again. <laughs> I would, Susanna. I'd love to come over, and it, it will be on my agenda to try and come over. Well, once this pandemic's over and done with, you know, we'll. Um, I'll, be, I'll be desperate to get out and hopefully you'll join us one one of these days for our next Icelandic retreat I know you nearly got to one of them I know I would so love to it's Iceland is still on our bucket list oh you've so. been there haven't you quite a lot haven't you no no we've no we've never been and both Stephen and I we have it on our bucket list so it's you know we, we'll get to it some stage it's amazing it's amazing I know I know you you've talked about it enough for me to just want to go but um at the moment nobody's going anywhere so <laughs> yeah but we, we, we have we have got a, a retreat planned for glastonbury in june oh don't don't even don't even tempt me i i i need to i was supposed to uh, walk the camino with my cousin last september and obviously because of the pandemic it got postponed so i'm hoping to do it this year um so um i i can't really have any other trips because i don't have enough annual leave because that's gonna be three weeks out of my life um but um definitely at some point i'd love to join you on one of your retreats and, uh... and that, that's, everybody's welcome on those retreats so uh weekend away in glastonbury which is awesome so oh, that sounds good that sounds really good but uh listen i won't keep you any longer i know you're in a rush so thank you very much for uh for joining me and uh thanks for the awesome recipe i can't thank wait thank you for inviting me and um great to see you again susanna and Hopefully I'll see you soon. Well, thanks very much. Have a lovely rest of the evening and chat soon. Yeah, enjoy your rest of the evening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. So, um, I'm sorry we didn't even get to the part when we share a recipe. Um, John had to dash, obviously. Um, but uh, this was a completely informal catch-up and I do hope that you got something out of it. Um, I think the point coming across is... Um, that we do have the power to equip our body with the tools that enable it to function at optimal level, um, including its defense system, which is so important every day, pandemic or not. Um, and I, that's kind of the point that I'm, I'm trying to um, get across with this whole podcast, um, to give us the tools and ideas for the tools that we could use um, tools that are around us and available um, locally. But um, like John's daughter, my uh, my dad, as far as I know, wasn't given any medication for the COVID in the hospital either. And he was there to be monitored. But in the end, the virus was left to run its course. And it was his own body doing the work. Um, and it is quite fascinating to me hearing about much younger people than my dad, people who are fit with strong immune system and yet whose symptoms were far worse for longer, followed by long recovery periods. And this is where medical research plays its role. And hopefully we will learn more, not just about this infection, but also about our immune system, because there is so much about it we don't know yet. And there is so much that is still to be discovered about the human body. And I would really like to bring more science into this podcast in, in the near future and learn from those who dedicate their working life to research. Um, but for now, let's get back to food. 
um, because that is the last thing that John had no time for. He had emailed me a recipe before our chat in case we'd run out of time. And the one he shared is his vegan adaptation of Raymond Blanc's recipe for watergrass soup, which is great. And the recipe looks absolutely amazing, by the way. And it's just great timing for this because it's really cold outside and I'm bored of my own um, soup recipes. And yeah, it's just the perfect weather for a hot pot of soup. I have to say that John's addition of a sweet potato into this recipe made me really happy and proud that I might just be spreading the sweet spot love around, although I have a feeling that I really can't take credit for this one at all, but it made me happy anyway. Um, anyway, um, you can find the original recipe on the BBC Food website, um, www.bbc.co.uk slash food slash recipes slash watercress soup. And for John's version, you will need half an organic onion, finely chopped, one organic leek, also finely chopped, 15 grams of organic cold-pressed olive oil, one organic sweet potato peeled and finely sliced, 800 ml of boiling filtered water, four large branches of organic watercress with stalks removed, and one handful of organic spinach, also stalks removed, and then 750 ml of iced water or 500 mils of filtered water with 250 grams of ice and then salt and pepper for seasoning. Now you'll soften the onion and leek in a large pan with the half of the oil then add the sweet potato boiling water and seasoning and you boil it until the potato uh, until the potato is tender then you leave it to cool you leave it to cool and you set it aside over a low heat, you will cook the watercress and spinach in the remaining oil for two to three minutes until it's wilted. And then you add the iced water to stop it from cooking. Uh, you then combine it with the soup base and blend it together until smooth. And if you want, you can strain it as well. Um, this sounds absolutely awesome. I need to get some um, organic watercress and I'm going to make it tomorrow if I can. Um, it sounds really delicious. And um, as always, you will be able to find this recipe in the file section of our Facebook group page, uh, where you can download it as a PDF. And a JPEG will be available on our Instagram. Um, and if you want to find out more about the College of Living Nutrition or know more about upcoming retreats that John's organizing once the pandemic's over, uh, you can head over to the website. Let me remind you of what it is. It is www.college-living-nutrition.co.uk. And if you enjoyed this or any other episode, please do leave us a review or a rating on whichever platform you listen to this podcast on. And um, if you have any comments or suggestions to share or any ideas for a guest, or if you have any questions or any feedback at all, please do send us your comments on social media or email me at thesweetspot at gmail.com. And um, that's it for this time. Have a lovely couple of weeks. Um, try boosting your mood by some good nutritious food and 
some time outdoors and uh, whatever you do stay healthy until next time as every week your host is myself Susanna from the sweet spot music by Mark J Adair and artwork by Gemma O'Hagan thank you for listening Thank you.